0: four of those losses are in the last nine games Um, Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) yeah the, the wheels they have fell off but the
1: Yankees have come back to the pack a bit because the Blue Jays have games against them and they don't have any against the Red Sox
0: bellow loud enough for everyone to hear will someone boo this man Welcome to episode number 218 of Artificial Turf Wars. We're guaranteed to be less exciting than a Friday night at the Sky Dome. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined by the effervescent Joshua Housem. How's it going, Josh?
1: Uh, Effervescent? That's a new one. Uh, (laughs) It's going well because I was at the last two games.
0: You must be feeling bubbly. You must. Um, It's hard not to. I feel like there's just uh, that... That uh, gif of someone going, "Are you not entertained?" <laughs> after the last little bit, yeah. Uh, so we gotta we gotta rewind though before we get to the the most entertaining two games of the season, probably by far, uh, because we've been off for a while. Apologies to those of you who were waiting in bated breath for our um, our podcast last week. A little scheduling problems with work and uh, vacations and stuff. We we uh, we are back now. Heading forward. So in that time, the Blue Jays split a four-gamer with the White Sox. They managed to win a series versus the Tigers, win a series versus the Orioles, and now are are poised to sweep the Oakland A's if they just keep putting the same bullpen over and over. Um, That overall is not not a horrible result. But the problem, I think, here is the word sweep has only come up as a possibility at the very end here. And the Blue Jays continued... To have trouble nailing down what should have been easier wins.
1: Yeah, they they definitely did. They found some interesting ways to lose some games too, with uh, you know, like Marcus Semien making a throwing error on a routine ground ball with two outs to end the game against the Tigers, and you know they lost one where the it was like a pass ball or or a wild pitch, but Kirk should have blocked it. It's just they, they they weren't hitting and they weren't executing. And so that's why we're in the situation where they didn't sweep the Orioles. They didn't sweep the Tigers. You know, I'm not saying those are easy things to do, but it's what they needed to do.
0: Well, I mean, if you're if you're targeting teams to sweep, those are the teams you need to, to you know, come through against. I don't expect them to sweep the White Sox in a four-gamer. Um, no. Because the White Sox are... Maybe win that one. But. Yeah. But, I mean, these, these scores, 2-1, 5-2... 3 uh, 1. Now, there was one against the White Sox that was a 10 7 game, but 2 1, 3 2, 2 1, 7 3, 4 2. Like, this offense looked like it forgot who it was. Like, these guys are like looking in the mirror, going, Who's this guy? I don't know this guy. Like, how does that happen to this team?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It was really weird. They went for, and they also went from being the best team in baseball with runners scoring position from the First three months of the
0: season to the worst team, <laughs> it's almost like that's a luck based stat. <clears throat> um, and then you flip it around, and it's like, okay, the, the, the problems were the Blue Jays could not win um one, one run games. Uh, if you start with the White Sox, there's one, two, three, uh, four. If you include tonight or the, today's game, four one run games in the last whatever that was today was no one run game. Uh, sorry, sorry. Friday night's game was a one-run game in the craziest sense yeah. possible. Um, so, okay, now the Blue Jays can win run uh, one-run games. Is that? I don't understand. Um,
1: Again,
0: it's almost like there's a lot of luck in these things. They do still have a massive positive run differential despite all of this. Yep. Um, but they are. They are half a game back of seattle not to go too deep in but half a game back of seattle who has a negative 55 run differential (laughs) seattle is literally playing 15 games no 18 games over its head right now according to what you would expect from it the amount of runs they scored versus the left. bullpens man it's wild yeah um so, any before the, the previous two games, we, obviously we had those tuss, tough losses. Um, maybe we should highlight the continued um, work of Robbie Ray. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the player of the month for the American League for April. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he had one win, I think. Uh, like, I know wins aren't, aren't, aren't much, but it was just like, wow, nobody did him any favors. He's standing around going six innings in every single start um he went eight innings in one which was the first time a blue jay starter had gotten it out in the eighth inning since april of 2019 i <laughs> uh, struck out 14 tigers i think in his last outing and and he almost has nothing to show for it except the plaque from the american league um, <laughs> records office but he's helping yeah. the bullpen i mean the the weight that that takes off of this bullpen that has limited limited trusted membership as you and i were briefly discussing before the podcast
1: is huge oh yeah it, it's it's the biggest thing they've got going for them i i, I was driving home from the game today and i was listening to the jays talk josh goldberg was talking and he was saying that there's no player on this roster that has a bigger impact on whether they lose or win games than robbie ray right now because he's pitching well and going deep and that affects the game after that and the game after that because of the way they have to use the bullpen so he's just having One of those truly magical seasons. I mean, he's got his walk per nine is (laughs) 2.1. His previous career best was 3.5. And in a full season, 3.7.
0: There was actually a point in Cliff Lee's career, not that Cliff Lee is is like Robbie Ray, but there was a point in Cliff Lee's career where it was like, oh, I'm just not going to walk people anymore. And he got so much better in every other aspect after that, right? Because less base runners, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the joke is, of course, you can't just decide not to walk people. But that seemed to be what he did in one season. It was like, yeah, I'm done with walking people. Robbie Ray appears on the surface to have done exactly the same thing.
1: And that was in uh, Cliff Lee's age 29 season. And this is Robbie Ray's age 29 season. Hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to, to conclude. Whether this is a, you know, is a coincidence. Is, is this a, absolutely is this... yes. But Yeah. <laughs> Um, but is this a Pete Walker thing? Is this a Robbie Ray finally understands something about his mechanics that he did not understand before, uh, irrespective of what his pitching coach is doing? You know, who knows? But it's working and it's been working all season. So um, we, we hope it keeps on working as we go forward. But <clears throat> I think he's getting recognized for it as well. Some people are like, well, uh, Jarrett Cole is going to win the AL Cy Young. But um, any other year, Robbie Ray would may, may have done it. I think this is the season we were hoping him Jin Ryu would have, though. Yeah. Well,
1: one thing about Ray before we talk about Ryu is through his first 19 starts, he'd given up 23 home runs. Mm -hmm. Since then, he's made, I think it's seven starts and given up two. So the one thing that was hurting him,
0: he basically eliminated in August. Oh, maybe he just decided also to not give up home runs anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nice that you can just decide these things. Oh, If only they decided these things sooner. Um yeah, so, I mean, as, as far as the the whole, you know, the two-week two period there, uh, it was overlapping, unfortunately, with a massive Yankees win streak. And then a massive Red Sox one. So the Blue Jays have basically played pretty decent baseball to completely spin their wheels. Yeah,
1: what really hurt them was, and we didn't record after these either because I was on vacation, when they went into Seattle, they lost two of three, and then they lost two at Washington and then lost two of three of the Tigers at home. That stretch where they had, well, I mean, the Mariners, like the Mariners, well, we'll give them a pass there because it was in Seattle and you know, they are surprisingly decent. But you have five games against Washington and Detroit and Detroit at home you can't lose four of them. You, you just can't if you want to stay in the race. And that's what happened. And it forced them to have to sweep these other series. And that's just a tall task.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, as fun as this is uh, at the moment, and the games that we're about to talk about are like fun with the capital F U uh, N for various reasons, I don't think any of this tells me that these Blue Jays, this Blue Jays team is becoming a playoff team anytime soon. Uh, yeah. there's there's just um, too too there, much hill to which
1: we'' we'll, we'll talk yeah. about when we get there, but it's
0: tough, yeah, so we we should talk about the last two games because the offense that we just discussed in you know, all these two one and four two loss and you know two three two win and all this, the offense finally found uh, the answer to all of its ills, apparently in the Oakland A's bullpen uh at the. In the eighth inning of a Friday night game, so the game was two nothing Oakland. They tied it. Uh, then it was eight to two Oakland. You can take it from there because you were at this game. What?
1: What was? Yeah, what I were was, you thinking at I eight was like, well, to two, we're Oakland. losing this one? <laughs> you know, because oh, yeah. teams this year were one and four hundred and fifty seven when they were trailing by six in the eighth <laughs> inning. Um, yeah, and then it just, I, I Sean and I who dominated them whole whole seven innings came out. And they brought in, brought in Trevino, who's been their closer, but had been injured. And then he got two outs. Uh, well, Valera led off with a, I believe it was a walk. And then he got two outs, and then Vlad got a single to score him. And then it went hit by pitch, walk, walk scoring a run, grand slam.
0: <laughs> and the grand slam has to be Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who is – Really, only here to hit home runs is I think solo homers, homers and grand slams. those are those are his favorite two um, situations in which to hit a home run. He, he just, you know, for the number of home runs he hits, three grand slams, I believe, in one year. That's that's quite the accomplishment. Yeah, it's very it's very hard to do that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty random, but randomly awesome. So hey. Everybody was on top of the world on Twitter at 8 8. Hey, we're back in this game that we should not be absolutely not be in. Six runs in the eighth inning. We'll just hand the ball to Jordan Romano and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. And
1: that actually hasn't been the case because in that first game where Jordan Romano gave up a two run homer, and it's like, oh my God, they came back from eight to two to tie it. And then now they're down two again.
0: Uh, and I think. You know, a lot of people like myself or anyway, but some other people would would have said this, that this is a microcosm of the Jays season. There is so much magic waiting to happen. And then all that other crap shows up at the worst possible time and ruins the magic. But uh, because narratives are hard to write in your head and don't always turn out the way you're imagining them, uh the Blue Jays still had three more outs to play with. Yeah, it turns out they didn't need any of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> you you
1: talk about nine runs. The Jays scored nine runs in one out.
0: Yeah. That's a amazing. Uh... Now, here's the thing. I made the, the allusion earlier. Maybe it's just the Oakland A's bullpen at the moment.
1: <laughs> uh, I think you could probably say that's the case. But the yeah. Jays, you know have faced some crappy pitchers and not done anything in the, in the recent past. So they still had to get it done. And it was interesting in that ninth inning. So Sergio Romo came in and Valera and Springer, neither of them like Valera got a bloop single and then Springer swung at a pitch that was like a foot outside and somehow hooked it into the corner. So it's like, okay, well they have second and third down two with the big boys coming up. But he hadn't actually pitched poorly, and then Simeon hit a gigantic, <laughs> gigantic no doubt home run. <laughs> it My was voice, as case, By the way, it's like it's a little off today because of screaming? last night's game. Yeah. yeah,
0: there was some screaming. I bet. Uh, yeah, that uh, that was one of those. Watch that outfielder not really do anything except turn around. There was no attempt to chase that ball down. <laughs> no. Um. Tony wild. Kemp.
1: Poor Tony Kemp. On both Guriel and. Uh, and Semien's home runs, he just bent over and just
0: complete dejection. <laughs> um, but there's we have a thing with Tony Kemp on his Twitter later, so maybe it wasn't dejection by the end of the game. I think maybe maybe we well, turned. Well, I think to- it was by the end of the game. Then after yeah. the game, it wasn't because yeah, we've, we've turned. Really- Go ahead.
1: No, it's just you know, he, Oakland is in this playoff chase. They were, they started the series two back of Boston, and now they are not.
0: Yeah, the Blue Jays. I think uh, what was the stat? Oakland is twenty-four and six when scoring more than eight runs. I think and uh, four or eight or more runs, and four of those losses are in the last nine games. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the the wheels they have fell off <laughs> all at once. Uh, but again, the Blue Jays have not always capitalized on this kind of of uh, team that's that's on the skids, and if they could do it against Oakland. Um, who is you know, in the wild card race with them? It's absolutely uh, going to help them uh, make me look stupid um, about <laughs> them not being a, a, a playoff team. Uh, but it got it, it was not nearly as nail bite, but today's game also pretty wild. yeah, you wouldn't have thought so for the
1: first six innings. So the Jays got ahead, one nothing, then two nothing, then four nothing. And then the first hit Barrios gave up was a home run in the 5th, a solo shot. And then in the top of the 7th, Brios cracked a little bit and then Semyon kicked another ground ball. So it was 4-3. It's like, "Oh no." And then the Jays put up immediately 3 back to make it 7 to 7 to 4 and it's just like, "Okay." Or 7 to 3. Okay, breathe a bit.
0: Give Tim Mays the ball. Hope for the best.
1: And then he did great. Yeah. And then they put up three more in the bottom of the
0: eighth. So it was 10 to 3. So you think this would be an easy calm one. Yeah, include including a Lourdes Gurriel clutch bases loaded hit in the eighth inning. Yep. It's just keep following the script. Uh except that part of the script where you bring in some dude for the ninth and he starts giving up runs. Only today it was came. Sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: Soria was just terrible. I mean, he couldn't he walked the leadoff hitter up seven. Like if there's something you just know is gonna make this outing not go great it's walking the lead off hitter when you're up by seven you cannot do that and then he did not get an out he gave up base runner base runner home run base runner and then jordan romano had to come in in a game they were up by seven in the ninth, they had to go to their closer
0: i i just i jordan Romano's like that phone's ringing for me isn't it (laughs) i didn't think the phone was gonna ring for me today but it's ringing yeah get up uh, you're you're gonna have to. So tomorrow, presumably, Jordan Romano is super unavailable. Oh yeah, he's not pitching in the finale of the Oakland series. So okay, so you could have had your blowout in the middle the game and had Romano on both ends, and now, well, um, I don't know when you want to talk about the fact that the bullpen has uh, has has to be strategically um, deployed so that the guys that they trust actually get the innings that they need to be trusted in. Um, but we I think can, now's the time. Yeah. Who are the four members of the Blue Jays bullpen who you would actually want to put on a baseball card at this point?
1: Well, the team <laughs> would want to put on the baseball card. It's the same four guys it's been since the beginning of well, since late June when they picked them up. It's Simber, Richards, Meza, and Romano. Nobody else is trustworthy right now. Uh,
0: that is, it, it's amazing how badly. Um, the attempt to bolster the bullpen has gone after those two acquisitions because Brad Hand is a Met, which I only found out yesterday when I saw uh, someone tweet about his first outing for the Mets. So that the Brad Hand era was short and not very sweet. Um, and we just saw Joaquim Soria not deliver. Uh, those were the deadline deals. Irk.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, did, uh, they did not work out his plan. Now, Soria had been mostly okay aside from that one, but he's not. Yeah, you know, Soria is a guy, even when he's going as expected. Sixth or seventh of a game when it's like a two-run game or three-run game, and he just tries to get you to later arms. But, they, I mean, they just keep cycling through guys. Overton came up, did not give up a run in six and two-third innings, but then he got DFA'd. And then they had uh, Kirby Sneed was up and down, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> I just totally lost him. Sacedo? Taylor Sacedo, he's still he's still there, and then they've you know they called up some other guys. So, but they're just trying anything like any port in a storm kind of thing just to get to the end of games.
0: Yeah, and uh, the end result is um, again these results that aren't quite going to get them to you know they aren't sweeping series, they aren't stomping on four teams, although they are winning. So couple more arms is is going to be necessary i think to get to the finish line uh so this this i was surprised i will admit to see gerard dyson in as a as a pinch runner today for george springer not because of springer is being pinch run for but because i forgot dyson was even a thing <laughs>
1: yep they picked him up when springer was coming back as the dh because they needed another center fielder.
0: <laughs> yeah so let us review briefly all of the transactions that got us to where we are right now, um, because there are a couple uh, of guys who we we got back um, as well. So we start with uh, Trent Thornton. Uh, we, we didn't mention him in the bullpen dance. Trent Thornton is down. Um, and of course, we mentioned Brad Hand being DFA. Uh, Santiago Espinal, though, went on the IL, which is a little i mean he is he is not you know all-star caliber player but um he certainly was holding his own at defense um for third base now that's kevin smith's job even offensively he'd been fine yeah uh but now that's kevin smith's job who has a major league home run congratulations kevin smith uh but not much more than that nope uh yeah you mentioned, then,
1: yeah, Connor Overton was was DFA as well, and then there's the the
0: returning guys. Right. So Gerard Dyson, um, Danny Jansen, who uh, is not an automatic out. We don't even have to ask. I believe he, he's... no. He's been awesome <laughs> since he came back. <laughs> he, he's
1: come Here. back. He's had six plate appearances, and he has two home runs and two doubles in those six plate appearances, and a walk
0: uh well hopefully he's 100 percent healed up and that's why he was not doing so well earlier in the year uh jake lamb that was just was that yes that was friday maybe today, today?
1: Oh, it was friday night they made the claim yeah sorry he so, reported on saturday which is when we're recording this
0: today what's jake lamb gonna do for this team
1: play third base and hit right-handed pitching
0: fingers crossed that's the idea <laughs> yeah um Nate Pearson is back. Is he throwing 100 miles an hour in the big leagues or close to it? Yes. Yes. Is he hitting the strike zone? Mostly. Sometimes.
1: Is he hitting the spots in the strike zone he wants to? No. Mm -mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: That was the September roster officially. And then Brian Baker, a name I don't believe we've seen in a Blue Jade. Uh, major league uniform before. Am I right? No. Yeah, he was.
1: A, he was. His contract was selected, so he's now on the forty man He was not before. He was one of the. He was the player to be named later, actually, in the Juan O trade with the Rockies, and so he's the first one of that deal to make the major leagues. He's huh. he throws a hundred miles an hour, which that's useful in a bullpen. Yeah, and he had a really good showing at Triple A this year. So, like, why not? Essentially, is the is the way that's gone. Like, he he gave up eight runs, five earned, in thirty four innings with forty strikeouts and sixteen walks. Okay, well, no, let's I see how that flame throwing stuff does against the big leaguers.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look wild. Doesn't look like it's he's got everything completely under control. But hey, uh, he's hard. He was hard to hit. So sure. Um, my other notes. Oh, uh, I mean.
1: Go ahead. Well, there's one guy that's not on this list. And you mentioned that this bullpen needs reinforcements in a big way. And the biggest one, finally, maybe, I have to say maybe because you, you, we know why, Julian Merriweather is actually pitching in real games in Buffalo and
0: doing Ju- well. Julian, uh, <laughs> Julian I, I so want this guy to be successful at this point and healthy i really want it so just stay healthy for one month yeah we've we've all now collectively crossed our fingers for you josh and i julian if you're listening um so that's i mean that's really all you can ask is for crossed fingers at this point uh let it rip because you were every time i've seen you you've looked really good really good to great um, so we did mention George Springer's return as well. I think that is an important uh, part of this offense, even if he is only DHing. although it does at this late point of the season mean that some guys who would normally get a break like Vlad at the half day, you know, DH are not able to do so. And that is a little unfortunate. Yeah.
1: And it also has some other roster ripples where, for example, in today's game, Corey Dickerson was a starting center fielder playing center field. Mm. He was mostly fine. There was one ball he probably should have caught, which ended up leading to potentially two runs. I don't think he's played center field since 2015.
0: My question is, why would you like not put Teoscar Hernandez in center field and put Dickerson but in right? Well, that's what they
1: did against Baltimore, so I'm not really sure why they chose to do it this way in this game. But, uh, yeah, that's what they ended up doing. So it Springer, because Grichuk can't play against right-handed pitching anymore. I think the Blue Jays have realized that. <laughs> And Corey Dickerson has actually been very very good. Yeah. He's he's hitting 286 with a 321 on base and a 494 slugging for the Blue Jays, which is great. That's exactly what they wanted. But that means there's no actual center fielder.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: it, the defensive alignment when they are facing right-handed pitching is not ideal right now. It means they have at best one useful outfielder, uh, one guy who you would consider a decent outfielder if they decide to play Gerard Dyson, but that's usually just a late game replacement.
0: Yeah, he's he's a runner, not a not a fighter. Yeah, um, well, you can't have everything, Josh, as we've been reminded over and over and over again this season. So, yep, there we are. That gets us to the caught up on all the the goings on with the Blue Jays, who sit five games out of a wild card spot. So, how how do we turn? I believe they were four games out like three four weeks ago so what is the path for the blue jays uh other than obviously winning every single game to get back into to some reasonable uh position to uh make that wild card game well interestingly
1: it would have been everyone's saying just catch boston you just got to keep winning to catch boston but now boston is only a half game ahead of the yankees or behind the yankees and the Blue Jays have seven games left with New York. That's the path. They have to beat the Yankees. If they do that, if they win six of those games, now that's a very tall task because the Yankees are a good team. But if they do that, then they are going to be in a great spot going forward. So it's actually worked out to the Jays' favor that the Yankees have come back to the pack and Boston, well, he still did not want Boston to win, but, but the Yankees have come back to the pack a bit because the Blue Jays have games against them and they don't have any against the Red Sox.
0: Right. So your argument is the best thing and I can see it is the best thing is to have your fate in your own hands because otherwise you're just scoreboard watching while you try and, you know, win it out. And yeah, you don't have that yeah. immediate that immediate emotional payoff of actually like right now, every game against the A's moves them up in the standings versus the A's. So they, they could tie the A's tomorrow, right? And if they win that
1: Yep. So yeah. and the reason this this having the ability to beat the teams ahead of you matters. As you said, they can tie the A's and they can, then they can jump them after that. The Blue Jays are in a worse position relative to the Red Sox now than they were before they won the last two games. Yeah. Because two games have come off the schedule and they've gained nothing in the standings. Thank you very much, Cleveland. <laughs> you can never count on Cleveland. Well, yeah. You know. Okay. So I, I know this is a Blue Jays podcast, but I, I have to say, I've never seen this happen. In Again, we're recording this Saturday. In today's game, Cleveland hit a a home run to tie the game in the ninth. They were down 3-0. They got a run and then a two-run homer. In the bottom of the ninth, there was first and second, and Cleveland couldn't take out their left-handed pitcher. So they intentionally walked the winning run to third base so they could get the left-on-left matchup with Verdugo instead of against J.D. Martinez. Look, J.D. Martinez is a much better hitter than Verdugo, but that was crazy, and it did not work because Verdugo got a hit and the game ended. Ugh. i've just never seen that i've never yeah. seen a manager intentionally put the winning run at third
0: no I've except seen, I, when they were
1: like intentionally walking barry bonds with the bases loaded and stuff like that but that was very different
0: yeah i i've seen i've seen a manager get burned just by putting the winning run on first yeah. <laughs> i think it was john farrell um yeah that winning run should stay as far away as possible on third base is way too close regardless yep. of matchup well indeed uh, that is all you need to know about the Blue Jays possibly still uh, overachieving their whatever it is, 8% playoff odds on, um, on fan uh, Which, I mean, we're going to keep podcasting because, hey, uh, it's possible we'll be getting more and more excited as time goes on here. We're going to come back, though, and see how excited you are because I'm sure you have questions for us because it's been that kind of time with this team. We'll be right back. This is the end Hold your breath and count to ten Feel the earth move and then And we have returned triumphant and joyful um just like that christmas carol uh, joyful to answer your questions, which goes a little something like...
1: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
0: Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now, how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? I feel like Ewan is a Died in the Wool Jays fan because he opened with... Uh, at Men Talk, by the way, opened with presupposing this Jays team misses the playoffs, which he asked on August 20th it's like oh we've presupposed that so many times with this franchise uh this must go down as one of the best teams to miss the playoffs ever right who are the other contenders for that title is this best blue jays teams yes i would assume
1: or i I think the the only other contender has to be 1987
0: right yeah i don't know that i know that many other teams well um was it the Giants who finished with 102 wins the one year and missed well, the playoffs? That's who I would have said if it yeah. wasn't just Blue Jays
1: teams. The Giants won 103 games and missed the playoffs.
0: 103? <laughs> <103. laughs> yeah, that ain't right. And then, and then they changed the playoff format, what, the next year, the year after? Because that years later, wasn't right. Yeah. yeah. It was like, no, that's so not
1: right. Um, oh, it might have been the next year, actually. There was no world series. There's no playoffs in ninety-four, but they, I think the new rules might have been in place. Um, Yeah, that's that's easily the best team never to make the play to miss the playoffs. One hundred and three wins.
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. Go home. Unbelievable. Uh, Okay, Smiley Face Picnic at Smiley Face Picnic asks, should the Jays extend the qualifying offer to Stephen Matz? So the reason this is
1: even a question at this point is because Matz has actually turned in a better performance he's he's up to a 3.8 down I should say to a 3.8 ERA which is fine like it's it's certainly serviceable for this rotation but it's not qualifying offer worthy
0: um I suppose the question comes up because the Blue Jays are obviously going to have a heck of a time hanging to Robbie Ray um, Hyunjin Ryu has had a down year. Uh Alec Manoa is obviously uh, pretty much a healthy Alec Manoa is a lock to make the rotation. But what does the rest of the Blue Jays rotation look like? So, is it do you make it the offer to Stephen Matz to try and keep him in the fold for another year? Well, Barrios is back. Okay, yes. But so now you, have, to three. you have
1: guaranteed. You have Rue. Ru, Ryu, Barrios, and Manoa. Yeah, And you have Pearson and Hatch as potential guys, but they, they're they going to get a pitcher. I, I I think they're going to make all the efforts they can to keep Robbie right. If not, they're going to get one of the other top guys. But I just don't think you can tie up another 18 million in Stephen Mast because he's not worth that. I think that they may make an effort to bring him back,
0: but probably at a lesser deal. All right. Uh, Matt at Thomas Matt C. Easy one. Yeah, but we only answered the easy ones. Wouldn't April's Meriwether look real good at the back of this pen right now? Oh, harder one. There's another question. I'm sorry, we've reached the limit of no. <laughs> Harder one. Both pen usage the last few games has shown some sense of urgency. Do you buy the discourse that we didn't see that earlier in this season?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I there's probably a few clips from us from this podcast complaining about Jordan Romano coming in when they're up five in the ninth. Is that too urgent? I think so. I don't think they should have even gone Romano in this game, but I, I understand why they did. Obviously, but I, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's any different sense of urgency. I mean, obviously, there's sometimes when it's like, why is Trent Thornton pitching in the eighth inning in a tie game? That, but that's just bullpen availability nonsense, and you know, managers trying to get the most out of certain guys. But no, I don't think there's any real change in that sense.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of managers. Um, do not have a clinical evaluation in their head of, of just how a guy is going to perform in high leverage. Um they have much more of a, a gut feeling, especially early in the season. And I think so what you're seeing now is is possibly Charlie Montoyo's experience with certain guys um having changed his perspective on certain pitchers and made him shy away from from going to um you know the Tyler Chatwoods of the world when when they're not when they don't have it. Um. Yeah, I, I think Charlie was figuring out how to handle his bullpen. I I don't think I would have done it the way he did, but that's that's what you get. Major league managers do weird things. Otherwise, we wouldn't have anybody to talk about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, the important thing is that you and I have something to talk about, right? It's the, the it's winning, really all that matters with professional sports. <laughs> winning games is secondary. I assure you. Uh. Yeah. So now we go to. Uh, gold stars for, in the most unlikely thing, the opposing team. I think that's the brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star.
1: You enjoy that. You've earned it. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think, it you know, we're we're very fair here. Uh, we're going to give two gold stars out to the Oakland A's, although I'm not sure we'd be giving them out if the Oakland A's had just beat the Jays in heartbreaking fashion two days in a row. Well, it would have been heartbreaking if they beat them in the first game. Okay, stunning. Um, so, the first one, uh, you wanted to hand out to uh, Josh Harrison.
1: Yeah, so, Alec Manoa, as he is wont to do, was hitting some guys. You know, He hit a bunch of guys in the minors. He's hit a bunch of guys in the majors. This is just part of what he does, because he's got that running fastball, and he likes to pitch up and in. So, he was facing throughout the game in the early parts he had he'd hit one I think already and he buzzed a couple other guys and then Harrison he pitched inside inside and then hit him on the third one and Harrison was fuming not because he thought it was intentional but it was just I think he thought it was just dangerous and then the very next pitch he hit he he means Marte Marte in the head
0: oh yeah and And like right on the brim of the cap in the head not like (laughs)
1: yeah and uh, and he crumpled in a heap, and he actually got up and was mostly fine, it seemed. But Harrison was livid, and the benches were pretty close to clearing. So for the rest of the game, and also into Saturday, but the Blue Jays fans were booing Josh Harrison. And he got a couple of hits, and then in, I think it was the eighth inning, he grounded out, and there was a huge cheer
0: from the crowd,
1: <laughs> and he bowed to them. <laughs>
0: As he came back to the dugout, he came in the tip of the cap and about. I believe it was it the tip was just, of the cap. Yeah.
1: It's just he's having fun. And it was just really playing off the crowd like that. I just I thought it was really funny and I really enjoyed it. And I want to give him the gold star for it because that's the kind of stuff you want to see on the baseball field. You want to see guys interacting. You want you know enjoying themselves, essentially.
0: So just as a, a sidebar to that, I was watching um, and I don't remember which game it was, but it was a home game for the Blue Jays. And uh, Buck and uh, Dan Schulman could not make out what was going on on the field, but they realized that someone was yelling something from one side of the stands, and then the crowd would boo after um, after it. And they, they, so they went down to Hazel May, who was actually at Field Level. They said, can you tell us what's going on? Because we, we know it's one, one person doing this. We don't know what. Apparently, every time a new batter came up, Whoever this guy was would bellow loud enough for everyone to hear. Will someone boo this man? And then well, that happened. That happened
1: uh, at the game today. It, it's um, yeah. Uh,
0: it takes a lot to be heard in that stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's no, that's from a movie. Yes. From half baked. Boo this man. Um, boo and it's become a gift that people use all the time including me yes so one thing i will say so this is not a do-over or anything like that but just a little so the blue jays fans are getting all over josh harrison right yeah and they continued into saturday's game today and then trevino started plunking batters left and right <laughs> and pitching up and in and then the Blue Jays fans lost their minds. And it's like, this is exactly what you're angry at Josh Erickson for. <laughs> yeah. Literally the exact same <laughs> thing.
0: Yeah. Alec Manoa was not trying to hit anyone. And Trevino is not trying to hit anyone. Um, it's just upsetting to get hit. That That's just the way it is. Uh Yeah. So uh, that was, sorry, would someone boo this man? Um, every new batter got a voiceover uh, is a bunch of boos. My uh, gold star goes to um tony kemp who uh again reacted very uh disappointedly to the home runs that were hit by guriel and by Semyon, but um he stayed on the field after everyone else had left even to the point where marcus Semyon was being interviewed by hazel may and he was still at the shortstop position watching but this, you can see a picture of him he's got his shirt untucked and people are like What is Tony Kemp doing? So he went on Twitter and he actually said the following, which uh, got me right in the feels for some reason. He said, I feel when you play this game so hard, you realize things about the baseball gods and you tend to believe. For Marcus to come up in that situation at that time in the game, to do what he did is wild. I wanted to live in that moment for a bit. That's all. So I think that's like the epitome for me of it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. it's really good yeah and marcus samian is no doubt a friend of his they played together last year and and i think he you know to go over all that on the field to be in that moment um you know that's a it's a philosophical thing but it's also it's really cool so gold star to you tony kemp for not not being angry or anything else for just realizing that hey baseball uh you know every moment that is a triumph for somebody is is a uh is a disaster for somebody else (laughs) Uh, you think they're going to come get their gold stars while they're still in town? Or are we going to have to wait till next year? Or, or, well, I'm what? going to the game tomorrow, so I'll try okay. and toss them
1: to toss them over the dugout. Yeah, you,
0: you bring, bring them both. Um, make sure you put their names on them so that you don't get them mixed up. Of course, Harrison can't take camps. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. It would just be embarrassing. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> um, this, this means we are rolling in. I believe, to the tail end of the podcast, unless I have missed the topic here. Let me refer back to my notes. No, no I think that's it. But do you have a thought uh, of a final nature? I do. Uh, it's
1: not about the Jays and their performance, because I think we talked about their chances and everything that enough. This is about the performance of the Blue Jays operations team. I have, think I've done this before, maybe even as a do-over the first time. But they did it again, so they don't get another do-over. I do not, for the life of me, understand what the person who controls the four sound effects that the Blue Jays have is thinking
0: sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) During the comeback, the crazy comeback on Friday's game, and then again during some of the big moments in Saturday's game, the fans were up and cheering. And look, this is a gold star. The gold star to the fans in Friday's game. They were so into it that they – erupted when Alejandro Kirk's 3-2 pop-up landed just foul. (laughs) But it was absolutely the right time to cheer. It's like, yes, the rally can continue. And then he walked on the next pitch, and then Gurriel hit the next pitch for a grand slam to tie the game. They were just so into it, and they were making their noise, and and then they like, Start playing the sound effect to control the clapping, and and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, let the moment breathe. You should play that stuff when no one's making noise, when they should, not when they're already loud and really engaged. So I just don't like that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's the 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 sound effects need to get things started. They don't actually they don't increase things that are already happening. I think that's the the mistake there, right? Oh, I'm helping the crowd. No, no, the crowd. If the crowd's doing nothing, you can help them. But whatever the crowd is doing, something stay back. It's fine. Uh, So my final thought is regarding cherry pick stats, because we all love the, you know, this baseball player on Tuesdays in May during day games has a a 3.46 ERA. Right.
1: And then uh, hashtag baseball stats.
0: Yeah. uh, He is the first, um, the first player to uh, hit five home runs in his first six games since 1956. Like, okay. Why this one though? I, I fell in love with. How many times in baseball history has a team been up 8-2 at the Rogers Center in the eighth inning or later of a September game, given up six runs to the Blue Jays, including a game-tying home run by Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and then (laughs) lost on a walk-off home run against Sergio Romo? (laughs) Twice. It's happened twice. It happened Friday night. And it also happened September twentieth of twenty eighteen. The Tampa Bay Rays were up eight to two in the ninth inning at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays scored six runs, including a game tying first pitch home run by Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who had no hits up to that point. And Toronto went on to win later with a walk off home run against Sergio Romo.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was actually that game was in one of our Patreon only episodes where we did the the greatest comebacks in Blue Jays history. So I just um, to
0: update it. <laughs> I was going to say, so in September, if you are up against eight uh, 2 against the Blue Jays and you have Sergio Romo on your team, you know what not to do. Yeah, don't bring him <laughs> in.
1: <laughs> don't use him.
0: <laughs> oh man, baseball, too weird. I would like to say that uh, you have been Josh House I'm at Joshua House, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead twenty ten, and this. This has been episode number 218 of Artificial Turf Wars, which you can find anywhere that you get your podcasts. And we will talk at you next week.